listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've entered back into the studio for episode 272. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, man, what you getting into this weekend? Uh, I saw, um, I got to see The Sandman this weekend. Oh, was, nice. Uh, Did you watch the whole season? Gangsta. Yeah, yeah, I was able to finish it. Yeah, bro, I was on a Neil Gaiman kick myself. I got to wrap up uh, Good Omens, and I watched Sandman as well. Nice. So what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was it was pretty dope. I enjoyed most of the episodes, with the, ex- with mm-hmm. the exception of the, the the diner episode. And I really, man, I really, I really like the aesthetic of the, the entire production. I like how it's, like, all fucking whimsical and shit. I like the main character and... Just his representation of dream, like that shit was. Oh, it's Lord super Morpheus, dope. the yeah. endless. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, mean, I think that. Uh, I, I thought they, that Neil Gaiman did a great job with it, man. Honestly, I'm really starting to think that you need the, you you, you need involvement with the creator, with the original creators, to have these adaptations fly well, man. Because let me tell you, he's doing a great job, man. Like yeah. between and after having come off of Good Omens, where he did another great job of show running um one of his adaptations. Yeah, dude, it, Neil Gaiman's really got a, a talent there, but boy, he really does go to an extreme to uh, kind of not just show uh, some of the beautiful parts of human life, but some of the utter depravity of human life. He goes yeah. to both extremes, you know what I mean? A couple of times throughout the season, uh, especially in Sandman. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the diner episode was, was a very, very uh, tough one, you know, because it didn't seem to add as much to the to the story overall storyline as much mm-hmm. as it it really was just uh exploration of some of his ideas about humanity you know what i mean and people yeah. and so yeah you and know it, was it, just, it gets the dark. way it was shot like you just felt like a voyeur like I oh, was it was very voyeuristic. So it was. It was just so. I don't know. The episode was creepy. Caroline also did not like that episode. <laughs> that episode she she very much was uncomfortable fact. with that episode. Um, Feel me. Um, that one and there was parts of the episode. Um, episodes that dealt with the child abuse from a white man to a black child that were particularly yeah, triggering yeah. to me. Um, I, I was pretty bad about that too. That yeah, shit, I, was, I, was just, I was like, yeah, I was really happy with the Corinthian when I realized the Corinthian was gonna get his ass. Oh so yeah, I mean, dude. Yeah. I was just. The the back and forth that that Jed had to keep going through, where we would think that, oh, okay, this is we're, we're walking in on the moment of his save uh, salvation, only to find out, like, nope, not here, not now. It's like that was kind of rough to watch throughout that episode. But you know, as I said, he did a great job of portraying it because in the end, I didn't feel offended. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, obviously, it was a difficult image for me to consume, but I didn't feel offended at the end. Which I feel like that's a hallmark of the job that he did in in, in ad, uh, adapting those scenes, but not all of those. Actually, some of those are just aren't even adaptions. They're creations that he made to fill in some of the cinemagraphic um uh, uh, scenes in the uh, in the show uh, uh, that didn't have directly to do with the graphic novel. That really I think hit. They really hit. You know. Yeah, there was a lot of um. 
I, I, I wouldn't be able to speak to that one because I never really saw the, the, the comics, but I really liked a lot of the shit like they did. Like, probably one of my favorite episodes was the death episode. Like, that one I really liked. Oh, how, yeah. Oh, I really yeah. I like how they were able to show something that was, like, so, I, I guess it's, it's such a dark subject, but still do it with such respect, you know what I'm saying? I really appreciated that. I appreciated episode. his casting of black people in the show. There was a lot of Same. black people in the show. Were. You know what I mean? And and, like, and not uh, ha- ha- you know like uh, ham-handed, you know, like forced into positions. It felt natural. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it felt like it was a, a, a really accurate dis- uh, depiction of, of reality. Yeah. Like, I'm really glad that uh, the episode with uh, John D where the lady was taking him to get his jewel. Mm. Like, that whole episode, like, I was like, uh, uh, I guess it was sort of like anxious. Like, I Yo, kept seeing on better not kill Sybil. that lady, bro. I kept seeing on Sybil was, in that lady. She's so nice. And I'm just like, I'm like nice Yo. to a fault. Leave the Ross my alone. If they kill this lady, I'm going to be mad as fuck. And it's going to color how I see the rest of the show. Bro. For no reason other than just but personal see, bias. The good thing about Neil Gaiman is is that he never he's it's not violence porn it's not tragedy porn Mm -hmm. it it, there is tragedy in this and there's depravity in this but it's not pornographic it's part of the story and that's what i appreciated about it honestly is that none of the of the suffering in the show seemed pornographic to me it didn't seem like it was just raw put there for entertainment it was there to develop part of the storyline it wasn't entertaining for the most part, but it helped develop a greater picture that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just really, really, I, I thought it was very well done. I personally yeah, liked it a lot. Um, even despite, I, I personally am not a huge fan of the of the emo aesthetic, but it fit. <laughs> it fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it didn't feel like he was pulling off an aesthetic. It felt like, you know, like he created that aesthetic. It felt supernatural. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I really dug that. Natural. I love Lucien. Lucienne oh, was dope, man. Lucienne's character awesome. is amazing. Um, she was super awesome. Yeah, dude, just so many great characters. Cain and Abel. Like, I love, um, oh man, I love how the actress puts so much of black women in her fucking, just in her, um, her, her nonverbal expressions. A oh, lot yeah. of times this nigga will just say something and the way she looks at him, like, I've seen that look before. Oh, the yeah. House. Well, there's, there's a whole level of communication that comes from, you're tr- you're you're in a su- supposed uh, position of subservience, but at the same time you're asserting yourself. Mm-hmm. You're asserting yourself from a subservient position, and boy, did she kill those points. You Definitely. know what I mean? She she walked that line very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when he came back to her and uh, was and asking it, her for oh. help, she was like, "Well, strictly speaking, my capacity is a librarian. <laughs> is my capacity is a librarian. <laughs> yes, uh, it was so good." <laughs> Uh, that was funny. Yeah, there's, there's so many Lucia. spot on. She was great. Uh, just even Corinthians became. Oh, the um, Corinthian was fucking epic, man. Even Shout out to Boyd, Boyd Holbrook. Is always does he does these psychopath characters kind of great. Like Dude, in Wolverine, it's he, his he was mouth. Say wait, it's his mouth. <laughs> Something about That's his true, mouth because his eyes were fucking taken away from him yes. the whole time. Oh, and then the, uh, the serial killer convention that was crazy. That was pretty. And wild. then what dream? Yo, Funland makes me wild, uncomfortable, bro. What's that? Funland makes me wild and comfortable. Yeah. That dude just fucking gives me the fucking heebie jeebies. Yes. Um, just, just oh, so and and what Dream chooses to do with people, like his lack of vengeance is so amazing. Because it's not like he gets the emotion of vengeance, but never feels compelled to carry it through. Yeah. You know, I, and and that's such a refreshing character trait to have. 
I like it. It's not necessarily vengeance. It's more like you reap what you sow type shit. You know, it's like well, he you even brought says this on yourself. When when he got captured, um, he even said he dreamt of vengeance while he was in the thing. But when he got out, he was like, uh, <laughs> I'm an immortal. What am I gonna get vengeance on these people who are gonna die? Ooh, like it, it's just it's all so so placid to him, and it may, and it's very relatable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, oh my goodness, the storyline of Golding. Thank you for once. Cool. They they realist like what makes you think that humans don't want to fucking live forever? You know what I mean? Like what makes you think that you could that 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 every human is suffering so bad that even throughout that suffering they wouldn't want to find a way to persist because most humans do find a way to persist despite the suffering. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was very. I, I thought that Neil Gaiman hit it right on the head. It yeah. took him. 200 years to realize what was going on, another 400 <laughs> years to realize he didn't want to be just rich, and then he started living. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, And then Sandman realizing he made a friend. I, and I called... That the, shit was super funny. As, as many times as I had no idea where the show was going, I knew exactly what was going on. Like, when during that one, I was like, oh, okay, I'm watching a friendship grow. I, mm-hmm. I knew it was happening. I saw it, but it still was ingratiating to watch it develop like that's what i'm saying like i i'm really surprised at at how much i enjoyed this for something that didn't have what i typically would expect from an enjoyable endeavor for me you know what i mean yeah like that shit was dope um i like the duel between lucifer and dream yes the way that they chose to do it it was a metaphorical duel yes they had to choose they were they were both uh dueling back and forth choosing which uh, which entity was more powerful? Yeah, that shit was dope. Um, oh man, you could go on and on. Like every episode for forty-five minutes felt like two hours yeah. of amazing TV. Like, how about uh, Patton Oswalt? The uh, uh, yes, Matthew. <laughs> that was interesting. The, as the the Raven. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! When Jessamy died, cool. I was just, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, that Jessamy. The, the way they did that shit was like. Yo, it's fucked oh. up. I wouldn't forgive you either. <laughs> nope. Gosh, so good. Uh, I, I'm, 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 yeah, I feel you, man. Your dad and, is an asshole, and you never really learned to get out from under his thumb. But you killed my bird, my nigga. And and it was on some bullshit too. He didn't have to kill the bird. Feel me. And and even his father told him like that was stupid. You shouldn't have done it. Like you could have broke the seal, and then we would all been fucked, you idiot. <laughs> like it was just it was such a dumb thing yeah, for him to funny. do. You can't win for losing. Nope. <laughs> And so, yeah, dude, like, I, I feel like every episode was a masterful lesson in how to slow down time in cinema because they were only 45 to 50 minutes and every episode felt so complete and winding. Yeah. The episode with, with Death Man, Jesus. Yeah, that one was, that was I think that was realize, my favorite of the season. When you realize what she's doing, oh, my goodness. Uh, and then the people she's talking to and that she's relating yeah. to, and she's not running from the emotional attachment to these people who she's about to shepherd to uh, to the other side. Like, uh. So it looks like it's going to be destiny, death, and dream versus desire, despair, and... Um, delirium. Delirium. was the last yep, one. Yep, delirium. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. That's going to be dope, man. I love how I love Neil Gaiman's personifications of these uh, concepts that that have run throughout um, human storytelling. Oh, just such a great, great story. Really appreciated it. Um, Rose Walker, that storyline with her being the the gene vortex. The the vortex storyline. And then what they chose to do with it. Oh, oh, just. Oh, another one that I, I, I saw this one. Bef- I, I, you could ask Carolina. Like, 
I read this story off the back and still loved every second of watching it. Galt's storyline when he found yeah, her in Jed's dream. Yeah, that was super cool. And I saw it. Really as like soon that. as I saw Galt turn into the woman and then start playing with him in his dream, I was like, oh, she didn't, she didn't run from him. She didn't want to be a nightmare anymore. She wanted to be a dream, and she fled into this child's nightmare, not to take it over, but she wanted to help alleviate his suffering because of how bad his waking life is. It was like it was right there on the face of it, yeah, but it at the same cool. time, a super compelling story to to watch. Like man, same and thing with um. It John makes D. it so much satisfying. Um, in the end, when he actually turns her into a dream, when when mm -hmm. he experiences that much character growth, it, it, it's yep. really it's really satisfying. Oh, uh, and then the whole his whole decision not to kill John D in the end and yeah. just let him slumber. <laughs> he's like, I can't hold it against you because the ruby's power was never meant for you. So in the end. I'm not mad at you. Like, his inability to hold a grudge is fucking next level. Oh, he fucks him up in the comics, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man, this gives him the waking nightmare. But you know what I love about this, the, about the, the the fact that Neil is on the, the show-running team is that I don't feel like any of these these changes, they yeah. don't feel like a pollution of his of his original art. They're, they do it's his feel art. like some exactly. pretty organic updates. Yeah, you know, it feels like how he would have told the story given a different medium. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate um, what Neil did with uh, a lot of the storyline revisions. <clears throat> but, yeah, Desire is a very interesting character. Desire and Despair <laughs> being twins. Desire's an asshole, bro. Bruh. Yo, first of all, the whole Desire's plan over hundreds of years. That is an epic-ass plan. To see the Vortex is wild, bro. Not even just that. Just for, like, the plan, even, like, the overall plan, which is the to, purpose for all of yeah, that. Yeah, to get him to kill a kin so that he'd get rejected from the, um... From the Pantheon? Yeah, from like, the Pantheon. It's like, yo... It's like, damn, my, my man's like... See, that's the one thing I, I didn't think that they portrayed well was... Mm. I don't understand why these people hate dreams so much. Like, it doesn't make any sense. People are always like, oh, this dream is an asshole, but always acting like his realm is better than ours. To me, it just seems like that nigga's just minding his business. Like, he showed well, up, he came back and got his stuff, and I don't he repaired his dream, delirium. and he went back. Yeah, I don't know about delirium, but uh, desire and despair. Desire desires dream. He doesn't hate dream. He desires everything he has, and so he lashes out at him. Because he can't have it, obviously. It's just, it's not in... Uh, and, and he well, did, well, shows, still, and I don't feel like despair. they portray that too well. Oh, no, 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 they don't the just, they, they didn't really depict it at all, really, yeah. in the in the show. Um, but Despair, of course, he uh, she curtails um, desire. She always follows him, and she's in utter despair at all times, and so she doesn't think much for herself um, outside of the manipulations of her brother and, and uh, helping him commit his machinations. But, um, yeah, dude... I'm very much looking forward to a season two, which I hope is greenlit. Yeah, already I'm not sure, but and not even I just it. um uh, dream as well, but even still with Lucifer, it's like it's like the same energy. They're like mm -hmm. hating on this dude. It's like why though? <laughs> yeah, well, it's because you don't possess a lot of the, the traits that they have. Like jealousy is not a trait that you that you really you know ingratiate a lot. And I think Lucifer is a deeply jealous of, yeah, that of does dream. Make sense. Yeah, deeply jealous because Lucifer is powerful has all of this power and dream still surpasses her somehow you know what i mean and so yeah i think that uh lucifer is deeply jealous uh of dream and yeah everyone just he's just chilling man bruh. dream just wants to dream his bruh. level of give it a fuck this could not be any higher son he was like yo i just want to repair my realm and get my shit back does he ever go above a three 
<laughs> I don't think that he ever goes above a three. Uh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he was at like a five when he was scolding Lucia when he told her to get he, back to the library. Bruh. But he was all the way hurt. That was all he his was. Hurt. <laughs> he was all the way hurt. He's like, y'all niggas is the running pout, to Lucian and not me. The pout on my nigga's face, bruh. Bruh. I, I really like that as, um, I don't know if that's just how his face is or if that's an acting choice, but he has like a permanent like pout that's happening. That I think is so fitting for the character. Yeah, yeah, I think this that's part of his face. All day, son. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, dude. There's uh, like, yeah, as I said, every episode had some form of compelling. Even the 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 restaurant episode, it was interesting to see the um. Like I I I thought that he went a little bit over the top with um the the waitress and the cook. Yeah, that was wild. That was over the <laughs> that top. That was pretty wild. Um. I think that the CEO and her husband, when he went in the kitchen, that was a little bit over the top. But I mean, and then the, you know, the fact that it descended into murder. But I think that that was the ultimate lesson of it was that this, it was a descent into madness type of thing. If everyone tells the truth, um, but geez, man, that was that was a crazy episode. Definitely, uh, it left me wondering, like, um, okay, I watched right? that. I watched that. I don't know where why I watched that, you but I watched me? it. I was like, I don't know what I don't know if I needed a whole forty minutes of that, man. No, it definitely didn't push the but I feel like that was um an artistic choice uh uh by Neil to to include that because yeah, it didn't push the the um the story at all. I mean it gave you some insight into John D, but did we really need that much insight into John D? Not sure. Um, but yeah, I guess it was it was the big setup to 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 show that he really was not going to save the world, no matter how many times he said that. That was his goal. <laughs> this man was not going to use that ruby to save the save the world. But and, and was he 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 be talking in village speak, bro? <laughs> oh, absolutely, totally talks in village when he speak. Talks fully village speak. Yeah, I want to make the world a better place. <laughs> but yeah, dude. That 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 car ride, uh, with um, oh, what was her name? Rosemary? What's her name? Yeah. That car ride with him and Rosemary when he was like slowly expositing to her, kind of like his situation. She was realizing like, oh, I don't know if I should have been nice to this guy. <laughs> but then in the end, she still chose to be nice to him. Yeah, that was crazy. That was that, crazy. That I don't know, I don't know about wild. that part, but okay. <laughs> that shit was wild. <laughs> I mean, they also need to change the. I don't know about the name of that uh, uh, amulet, bro. I don't know if you. I would amulet of protection. That amulet of protection. It's an amulet of slaughter. Whoever wants to <laughs> you hurt feel you. Me? Like what the fuck? Yeah. That shit is wild, effective, son. And 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 I I had a I had a, a lot of mixed feelings about how he gave her that amulet because I don't think that she's gonna. Because I feel like she's the kind of person that she she wouldn't want to see someone get killed that way, even if it was in her own protection. Mm-hmm. You Not know? only that, like I instantly worried about like, damn, I hope she never runs into the cops and they point a gun at her because you know, oh, God yeah. forbids the kind of chain uh, uh, domino effect of problems that sort of yeah, situation. Yeah, she's gonna go to cause. jail like he did. You feel me? I think that's what happened to him. He, they were trying to take the ruby from him, and some officers tried to take it. And my man was like, "Nah, cuz." <laughs> He's like, "Nah, be nah, can't cut. do that. You wildin'." Oh no, but that was the ruby, not the amulet. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure he would have done the same thing if he had the ruby. Just wished them to do it instead of letting the amulet do it. Fully psycho. Yeah. Ugh. And then the whole story. Yeah, he was. Def- and you, knew- I could tell he was fully psycho when he, his mother was trying to plead with him to mm. to give um Morpheus back the uh the ruby and he was like nah and then 
She even Maybe gave him I the amulet just from her the world of Morpheus. Huh. And then you never have to worry ever again. Nigga, what? You know, and nigga, chill, bro. There was a lot of testing of his gangster that probably shouldn't have happened. A lot of people was like, nah, B, you could take Morpheus. Like, stop telling people they could take Morpheus, bro. Like, they were trying to gas up Rose to get her to fight him. And I'm like, yo, y'all need to stop, bro. And I'm, and I'm really uh, glad that Rose was not a fucking idiot. Thank God. She was such a smart, intelligent, strong... She was just pretty cool. person, you know what I mean? Like, flawed, in sh- I'm sure. But, you know, written to be, like, in at least in the situations that she was in, she didn't make any of the obvious stupid decisions. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. hate when they write them, they write their flaws into the bad decisions. Because you could be a flawed <laughs> person and still not make stupid decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't have to be perfect to not make the, the dumbest decision possible. And so, yeah, she, while she was really good at it and they, they you know, you got to see her personality, and they didn't have to make her... Uh, uh, make bad decisions for us to get a feel for who she was, you know? That is, I think, very, very important to me. Because you, you see a lot of, um, especially, I think, black women kind of written with poor flaws, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, since the, the writers don't relate well to them, they don't know how to write them realistically. Like, like, like Morpheus's flaws were really well done, and as well as Lucian. Even Lucian had flaws that were really well um, written into her character without being, and also good acting. Good acting goes a long way with that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm glad it all came together because it's so easy for it not all to come together. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for it to just all, you know, exist in a space of poor cinema. <laughs> but yeah, dude, Sandman, I I liked it a lot. I give it a um a strong eight, light nine. Pretty much. I think that um pretty much where I had in in my head as well. It, it, the reason why I feel so strongly about it as well is because even in areas of my disfavor entertainment-wise, there's no genuine critique of what he did. It's just my 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 um my taste, and so that I believe is a strong um uh, ability of a uh, of a showrunner or a director to be able to deliver you something that you don't already like in a way that you eventually do like it. You know what I mean? You get to acquire the taste for it. I think that that's really um, the skill behind what he did there um, with a lot of the, the themes that were presented on screen. <clears throat> but yeah, Sandman, solid watch. Um, did you Very fun. Did you watch Good Omens? Yes, I did, way back when. Okay, yeah, so I just finished up season one, and boy, I feel like it's ended very strong. I enjoyed it a lot. Like, uh, once again, another one where... The, the stories that, that Neil decides to tell and how he chooses to tell them, just really well done. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I really enjoyed the theme of Agnes Nutter's prophecies throughout uh, <laughs> the, the whole season and yeah. how, you know, they're difficult to interpret, but if you interpret them right, they're spot on, every last one of them. You know what I mean? That's a, that, that was a really cool thing to watch um, in the show. Uh and um oh man who, the the guy who plays Crowley his actor did a David great Tennant? job yeah. yeah David Tennant was dope yeah David Tennant just really smashed that role and and um uh Ezra File yeah he his his actor man Martin Sheen Michael Sheen I'm sorry oh, that's Michael Sheen <laughs> Michael Sheen is yeah. there a relation nope oh, okay. Sheen S H E E N okay yeah it, it, I feel like his character uh, arc 
the growth he shows towards the end of the the the, the series, I think shows is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Is really cool because the the stuck up angel learning to just learning that you don't have to 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 be you know wild like Crowley, but at least understand that this game is not built for you. You know what I mean? Like it's it's built for one outcome, and any other outcome. Is good, you know. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to fight for it. And <laughs> if you want, if you, it, you know, once you realize that you might not be on board with the with the the outcome that's laid out, you're gonna have a real interesting time figuring out your existence. Because at the end of the uh, of season one, at least, they were like, "Hey, I guess we don't have a side anymore," and so they're just uh, gonna kind of try to persist. Now, I'm not familiar with the um, source material for Good Omens. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Is that uh? I'm not. Sure. I think it's actually. I don't think that there there's a a single body of work. I think that the characters are drawn from Neil Gaiman's work, and Good Omens is an original uh, story. I want to say only because I'm unfamiliar with um. I'm I I'm. Uh, according to the wiki, it says it's a fantasy comedy series created by Neil Gaiman based on his his and Terry Pratchett's 1990 1990 novel of the same name. Of the same. Okay. Oh wow, yeah, 1990 novel. That that's an oldie for me. I did not like. I wasn't into sci-fi uh, in 1990, but uh, yeah, I might have to go back and check that out because Terry Pratchett is also an amazing um, uh, author. If I remember correctly, he did Discworld. <clears throat> I want to say Terry Pratchett. Yes, he did. Yeah, Terry Pratchett wrote Discworld uh, series, and that that was a really fun one. Really zany. Like that one's full of comedy and mirth. Like that's not a as serious as as Neil Gaiman's writing, and and it comes across. You could tell in the characters, uh, in the uh, the more zany characters in Good Omens, you could tell those come from Terry Pratchett's writing. <laughs> His stories are full of characters like like, like Agnes Hunter, I like sorry? um John Hams Gabriel. He was funny. Yes, John Hams Gabriel is no joke, man. He is all about the war, bro. <laughs> Do not stop this war from happening. Uh, Uriel and all. I, I of love them. his like. Befuddlement every time Aziraphale brings up like having an alternate end to the war. What he's like, what the oh, fuck yeah. are you talking about, bro? Bro, the war is the thing, bro. Like, what is this other outcome you're talking about? Like, stop. <laughs> he's so confused about oh, it. How do you win a war you've averted? That uh, that line, that line was a classic. How do you win a war you've averted? It's like, like, what are you talking about, hippie? Yeah, like, bro. If whatever outcome. It's going to happen. It's going to be winning a war. Fairly. Now, if you plan on somehow stopping the war, as long as at the end of the war you stopped, I win. For good money, bro. My man was listening to J-Rock that whole time. Win, 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 win. 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 Yo, bro, Fuck he's been waiting to put that else. W up for what? 2,000 years? Yeah, My man wants to put that like, W nah, up, bro. I'm about that dub life. Yeah, that shit is fucking hilarious. But yeah, dude, I loved how... Um, the 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 story developed. I'm not exactly sure why uh, the whole story behind um uh, Agnes's descendant and the witchfinder dude like they had to hook up. <laughs> kind of felt that that felt a bit forced. I was like, all right, I'm not sure what this whole storyline is, but it's there, and I'm sure that it's gonna come up because like everything comes back in this show. Like there's you know callbacks on callbacks on callbacks. Dude, nothing is presented. Like every like uh, detail ends up being called back on, pretty much. Like I don't know of anything that was like left open ended, or or wasn't intentionally put into a scene. 
But yeah, dude, Good Omen season one wrapped up really good. I'm looking forward to checking out season two. Uh, yeah, that that. It's, as again, I'm not uh, as familiar with the um, source material. Leaves leaves the expectations open, man, and, and I'm starting to, to to realize that's that's at least my preferred uh, viewing method is to go in like, and and this goes to what I was saying before is like I really I don't prefer a a remake to retell the story. You know, just tell me a new story, please, because I don't want to come in with any expectations, and it's a lot easier to do that. If you're not forcing my memory to have to circumvent all of the little pieces that you're putting together that would draw the memory of the of the prior work, you know, you know, like I don't I don't need reminders of something else when you're trying to tell me something new. And so, yeah, dude, like, give me all of that, because these new story, these stories, when they come when you come to them open minded and and with no expectations, I feel like I personally can really enjoy them a lot more. But yeah. Uh, looking forward to, to some of the stuff that, that's going to be coming up uh, in the future. Uh, what else we got uh, we waiting on still coming up in August? Uh, She-Hulk in a couple weeks. Yes. And um, uh, Hulk, I'm sorry, uh, Thor at the end of the month. Thor? Which Thor? Uh, the Thor release on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which is the Thor release because I'm definitely not going to the theaters at this point to go see it. Um, but yeah. Uh, looking forward to those, man. I, I'm interested to see uh, to see what storylines they use with She-Hulk, mainly because in all the scenes where they show her training with Hulk, she seems pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, what is she training for? Because she seems like to be in control, man. She's got the transformation down. She doesn't overuse her strength. Like, you know, it seems like uh, Hulk is. More uh, kind of doing the training thing to as an ego flagellation uh, than the fact that she really needs to learn how to use her powers. So I'm interested to see how that how uh, the stories um, develop because there's got to be more to it than that. Because uh, yeah, as I said, it doesn't seem like you have a whole season's worth of training montages for her. You know, it's gonna have to be some meat on the bones. Yeah, I don't think that's how it's gonna go. I think the training montage is probably just gonna be in like the first quarter, and then the rest is about her being a lawyer. Yeah, and well, yeah. Interacting with uh, other superpowered beings. Yeah, that's right. Because um, the, the, she doesn't exclusively take on um, uh, superpowered cases, but she definitely does make it a point to to help uh, people with superpowers. And so, yeah. I mean, it'll it be seems like see. she might. In the trailer, uh, the, the the old dude says that he wants her specifically to head up a, a division division taking off that, taking oh, care yeah. of a superhero. Uh, uh, um, crimes or issues yeah um that'll be interesting because i'm hopefully they'll give us some fun and interesting cases for her to, to get on you know what i mean because i'm i'm down for a good crime drama i watched how to get away with murder you know what i mean <laughs> i could watch that with she hulk that would be dope yeah i'm just interested to see what direction they go with that and how daredevil is gonna be tying in and where he's yes. gonna be going as far as like um the reborn story storyline actually being um <clears throat> Frank Miller's seminal run on where Kingpin finds out that uh, 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 Murdoch is Daredevil. And so See? it's like him breaking uh, Daredevil down for him to rise up again. There's just one thing that I want to see that I think would be super dope. And it would be awesome if they could pull off. And that is She-Hulk and Daredevil doing a fastball special. That would be pretty That weird. would be dope as fuck, bro. 
If she could, like, you know what I mean, find a reason to throw Daredevil at something, that would be fat fresh. And then he has to do some, like, cool flippity flips and shit. I mean, they'll probably do it. They've done it before. I mean, it, it was a, it, it was a, you know, it was a budget version of it, but they they did do a fastball special in um, one of the X Men movies. I don't remember which one. The one yeah. where he's teaching the kids and they throw him at the Sentinel. Oh, was it Colossus? Was it Colossus and Wolverine? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Colossus threw him at the Sentinel and like he like came back down <laughs> behind the Sentinel's head that fell off. Yeah, that's always that that that's always, that's one of my favorite uh, team up moves. Yeah, yeah. Throw, throwing the ball of fury at people—that's <laughs> dope. But yeah, so we'll see what's going on with that. But yeah, there's definitely some been some good good viewing uh, as of late. Can't complain. Mister Guyman has uh, has been given the the master class and and how to adapt something. So yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to to catching the season two of Good Omens eventually. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump on into some of these here topics. Uh, yeah, man. Okay, this I thought was interesting. So um, they're producing a doc, uh, not a documentary. I'm sorry, a movie, a biopic on um, Fidel Castro, and of course, about this. Hollywood does it. <laughs> Hollywood does Hollywood, and they cast James Franco as Fidel Castro. Seems like a game-winning strategy, guys. What could go wrong? Uh, now, do I think that the makeup artist could make James Franco look like a young Fidel Castro? I don't doubt it. I've seen some crazy shit. Like, they, they can do a lot of stuff with makeup. But why is Hollywood, why is Hollywood so dead set on this kind of, of, of representation? Because, well, let's say this. Do you think it's appropriation to cast James Franco as, as Fidel Castro? I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I just think it's a terrible idea. Feel me? It's like, like someone brought up in, in in the thread where I saw this. It was like, so what happened? Were all the other Hispanic actors unavailable? That's my thing. Is <laughs> it's like, me? it's like, it's. I would say more whitewashing than appropriation. You know? Okay. Man? Okay. You're absolutely right. I would agree with you there. It's not appropriation, even though it is appropriation, because Fidel Castro's story is not an American story. It's a, it's a story of Cuban you know, uh, rebellion. And I doubt that Hollywood is using a Cuban director or has a Cuban executive producer or, or has someone with some authenticity behind it involved with this. Now I could be wrong, but after the, 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 um, the last Egypt movie they casted and the last, uh, <laughs> great wall of China movie with Matt Damon I just don't feel like they're really getting culturally appropriate um, consultations on these movies. So I'm doubting that that there's going to be anyone bringing a level of authenticity to the direction for James Franco to give the performance that I think Fidel Castro's depiction deserves. Now... I, I do believe that James Franco and now a lot of people hate that guy, man. Hate him vehemently. Yeah, he's a he's one of the Me Too perpetrators, so he does not have a good um uh, reputation. How does right he now. survive in this landscape though? That's what I, I mean, don't get. His this movies is, still do this well. This is the first thing he's done in about I don't know since it came out. So. Since Disaster Artist and Disaster so. Artist did well. Um, yeah, but that was pre that was pre the pre the Me Too movement. I do believe, unless I'm getting my timeline wrong. It's it could be. I really i i i I don't have a clear like delineation of the events. But yeah, I mean, he still does shit. 
Um, but I'm surprised that that because the level of hate that the social media sphere has for him surprises me that Hollywood does. You know what I mean? Because Hollywood yeah, is pretty. pretty the, the, you know, the whole world is insensitive to social media, but Hollywood is pretty sensitive to it. So I was definitely caught aback to see um, him being uh, cast in this. But maybe that's part of what they do. They they want to do. You know what I mean? Maybe they're trying to 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 put smut on Fidel Castro's name, so they gave him a, a shitty casting. I don't know, but it just it. I think it's most likely that he feels like he's served his time away from the spotlight, mm. and he has the clout in Hollywood to be able to be like, "Nah, bro, we got this, we got this." It, he does. He, I mean, you he know, does. So obviously that's have what the clout. I feel like because I feel like any smart person wouldn't want to touch him with a ten foot no. pole right now. It has not been anywhere near enough time to rehab his image after what he was accused of and what a lot of people have like evidence of him doing so yeah, and, I, and you know what i hate i hate 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 the entertainment industry's abuse of the short memories of the average person because i don't know how these things were resolved if they were resolved none of those and because celebrity could just wait it out if you have enough money a lot of people will do terrible things, never adequately atone for them, show any kind of remorse or penance, and then just wait it out and come back. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's what he's doing. I think that's exactly what he did. He didn't want to wait very long. I mean, that's also because I can also see him doing that because uh, uh, Kevin Spacey was also uh, doing a movie recently as well. He was announced he was doing a movie some. Some like somewhere in the first quarter of this year, it was announced. Was there any well. backlash for it? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. But you know, it's, again, I, I think it's just these people have connections with with people that they could just be like, yeah, who cares what they say? We have we have the resources to do this regardless, and if it's good enough, then people will forget all that criticism anyway. Yeah, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope because I don't know, like, if he was innocent. Now, if his Me Too woes went away because he was innocent. And he was exonerated. Then I, I would I would like to know that because honestly I don't think that James Franco is a bad actor. I don't think he's a bad actor at all. Now if he's a trash person, I'll, I I will abstain from patronizing trash people. That's just my personal decision, though. You know what I mean? I I would like to know how those things resolved because I don't want to continue to to as a point of ethical consumption. I don't want to consume his shit. I don't want to consume shit made by people who are fucking rapists and and, and sexual uh, abusers. Not my. That's just my choice, though. You know what I mean. And, and and that's what I dislike about the way that Hollywood handles these things is that, you know, they just let them disappear, and that's that's not handling it. You know what I mean. That's definitively not handling it. You know. And and there's also a very clear distinction between um in, in how long people's memories are. Because people will never forget what happened, uh, what Bill Cosby did. Never. You know what I mean? But someone like James Franco, who's accused of, I think, very similar things. Am I wrong? Uh, as Bill? Similar, similar. Yeah, but similar. N- not quite the, the date rapey, but in a different way, right? Yeah, his, you know what I mean? Forcing himself on women. Yeah. Yes. And so why is it that, that, that his reputation somehow gets laundered by time? You know? I, I don't like that. And so... Well, in the difference in that particular one is because I I don't think um, Bill Cosby gives a fuck about laundering his um his uh, reputation. 
that that could be true too. That in just that this, those two specific cases, that well, that would seem like that was mm-hmm. a difference. You know, but um, I mean, I'm sure that regardless of whether he wanted to to, I'm sure he didn't want that on his name. You know, definitely I mean? not. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. You're right. He probably did very little. <laughs> Uh, because he didn't see what he did is wrong. Yeah, he doesn't so, give a fuck. And, yeah. al- and also, he's rich beyond <laughs> imagination. He doesn't yeah. need to work another day in his life. And also, he's, he's so rich that they had to let him go. <clears throat> yeah. And, <laughs> and he's also like on his deathbed, too. So, you know, it's not True. like my man just got too much time to worry about doing any anything. But yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things. That's the only reason why I care. But so, you know, just, just to resolve the initial question, it's not a, a situation of appropriation, it is a situation of whitewashing. And, uh, yeah, I would rather see someone else, personally. You know what I mean? It, it's no shot at James Franco. I probably will patronize the movie because I want to see if it's propaganda. I feel like it's just going to be anti-Fidel propaganda. I want to see if this shit makes it out of production. What are, you, what are we talking about? Oh, wow. You're getting, you know, okay. you're getting all the way to Listen, the uh, You're right. I mean, they're, they're canceling movies left and right. I want to see if this movie makes it out of fucking production. Yeah, so we'll we'll see if it even gets to 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 a screening. But um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm interested in the life of Fidel Castro. I have read up on some of his history. Um, and so the only reason why I would patronize this would be to to see how accurate um the movie is historically. Um, but not to patronize anyone in particular. But yeah, it it is. Pre- I find it distasteful that they that they were um refused to because and the thing is is that I know I know that there's Hispanic actors who would who would like to play Fidel Castro authentically. Definitely. I know there is. There's 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 no way because there's people who've said it publicly. I wish off the top of my head I could remember um, but uh, I've definitely heard people say that. But um, I yeah, mean, I've never heard him say it, but I could see that I could see Diego Luna saying something like yeah, that. Yeah, what? Well, you know who could do it really good? Michael Pena. Michael Pena could do a young Fidel <laughs> real good. They get him like some of them yeah. curly locks. He could do that shit, bro. Because obviously, Michael Pena really in in dramatic roles, he really yeah. got me in End of Watch. He, he's a he's a chameleon for sure. He's, he's one that of man's really acting good skills is amazing, and he's funny. You know, it just he's a really really good actor. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that that was my thoughts on that. I thought that that was uh, a a bit interesting. But yeah, there was um some other stuff going on. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to to my main man Victor because uh you know this is one that I usually I, I saw it come across the feed and I was just going to just pass over it. But I figured I'm, I'm gonna throw this topic in there for him to get your opinion on it. And that is um the WWE uh female superstars and how they treat their male fans now. So. Uh, evidently, I, I mean, I don't think that you have to stretch your imagination to know how vile the male fans are to these <laughs> to these WWE uh, superstars, and um, of course they are uh, they are in a industry or a business run by the ultimate misogynist <laughs> Vince McMahon, who uh, I think he was deposed recently. He had to step down and give leadership to Triple H. Yeah, um, Triple H is now, uh, uh, and so CEO. since they weren't being protected, they got in their contracts now. To where they don't have to stand closer than six feet to any male uh, fan. Oh, that's good for them. Um, is it? Uh, or is it incumbent on the company to protect the women who are being abused by fans? Sure, absolutely. But since they're not doing that, the women took it into their own hands and got a provision in there that they felt would help them. 
Uh, I, I, I personally don't think that it was a good idea because it's a very selfish way of going about an industry-wide issue. You know what I mean? This is something that WWE should have had massive lawsuits and been forced to, to, to take care of the women instead of requiring now that the women take an extremely unprofessional stance. Because here, I'll use the example of... The, uh, this one's for Victor. If Victor, uh, in his restaurant had to deal with male patrons because being a, a waitress and being a WWE superstar is not explicitly, you know, selling yourself. You know what I mean? It's not selling your body. So you shouldn't become under any kind of threat of people touching you inappropriately or anything like that. If he had to deal with inappropriate patrons uh, uh, dealing with his waitresses, it wouldn't be okay for the individual waitresses to now go back to him and say, I don't want any men within six feet of me. That's just unprofessional. You have a job to do. And these people are paying you to take pictures. Now, if you don't want them to touch you, absolutely. Or if you have requirements. But these pictures, they just look awkward and weird. Like, they're paying $130 for a picture. Like, literally, it's six feet between them. You know what I mean? Like, they have to pan the picture back to get both of them in the shot type of thing. And I'm like, or, or just don't do pictures. But to have a, a, a restriction that if I don't like the way you look as a guy, I can now require that you stay six feet from me is unprofessional. That's not, a, that's not how a professional should go about their job. Or don't do meet and greets. But to, to single out people based on the way they look is as repugnant as people thinking that they have the, the, the audacity to, to, to uh, encroach on your boundaries when, when all they are, are, are really... Uh, entitled to is a picture. You see what I'm saying? Like, I get it. The male behavior is horrible. But to but to leave it to to uh to the individual uh WWE uh entertainers to have to defend themselves, I think is a is extreme malfeasance on the part of WWE. And furthermore has created an environment that I think is toxic for both the fans and the entertainers. Yeah, I can see that. But, you know, um, I don't know. I feel like if you don't want people in your personal space, you don't want people in your personal space, you know? But it's not people. It's certain people. It's uh, like, and if you don't, and as I said, I, if you don't want to take pictures of people, that's with, well within your right. You're a performer. You're paid to perform in the ring, not on the side. But if that's the case, then, you know, because let's look at uh, NBA, NBA stars. They got to sit after those games and talk to those people and NFL Players have to sit there and talk to the press. You know what I mean? Or they get fined. Because it's professionalism. You know what I mean? Now, if they don't want to, they could take the fine. They can. They have, they have options. But what they don't have an option to do is to discriminate against the fan base. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you that it's bad policy. But it seems to me the policy that just came out mm-hmm. of, like you said, a failure of leadership. Absolutely. But, and you know, that's it's not, not one of those things where... defend themselves. They had to defend themselves. Which is where I'm they coming did. from. Like, Absolutely. It, oh, yeah, me, I'm not arguing se- against it. It seemed, yeah. like, it, it seemed like it got so bad to a point where it had to go to the extreme 
of them mm-hmm. be like, well, all right, if you, you, you guys aren't going to do anything to help us, then fuck it. We just don't want any person that's liable to violate us in the way that we've been violated and you haven't been addressing. Since we can't, since you won't step up and mm-hmm. we can't control that, then the best thing we can do is just, have, just let's just have the distance if we're forced to Well, do that's that the thing po- is, is that it's, it's it. incumbent on the, f- and, and I agree 100% with what you're saying. I think that in that, in that, uh, in that space, if the fans and the entertainers are feel that strongly about it, then it's on it's incumbent on them to put pressure on WWE to care, you know. But they, that's this the thing could is also be no a way to stop. put pressure on them, though. You know, by creating this situation, it does it generates uh, uh, you know generates people talking about it, and it yeah. causes them to reflect on it. It does, and it just it sucks because when you create the conversation this way. What ends up happening is that since nobody is in an activist mind state, nobody is in a, hey, let's fix the industry mind state. No one's going there, which is where you would hope that it would take. Everyone is like, well, cool, this is the new norm. And it's like, no, they did. If this, you know, I agree with you. It would be great if this was generating a conversation about how we get WWE to stop being a trash uh, uh, um overseer to the industry the same way that the 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 record labels are trash overseers to their industry how do we you know what i mean organize to get them to stop doing that you know rather than organizing ourselves to accept the new norm because men are disgusting and they just can't control themselves which is crazy because what is that telling young men that the answer to not, you know, learning to, to respect people's private space is just to stay all the way. You know what I mean? Are we going to take the 40 year old virgin approach to it? Is, you know, fuck it. I, you know what I mean? Just stay all the way away from them since you can't learn to respect them. And it's like, no, let's not do that. You know, let's let's take the responsible approach of learning to stand next to a woman and take a picture without being lewd and lascivious. You know what I mean? But that's not what they're gonna do. And that's that would not... be nice, but th- I don't know if that's. Um, yeah, they they from a security standpoint, they should be protecting their 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 female talent. But I don't really know if it's. And they should be they should be held accountable for not doing that. Absolutely. You know? I I I, I wish that there right. was somebody who who had. Uh, well, it'll never happen because Linda McMahon is so heavily embedded in our government that she the NLRB will never ever advocate. For those people even though they're laborers just like everyone else you know and that's the crazy part you know the nlrb is such a trash has turned into such a trash organization um the national labor relations board they they're completely feckless and and pete Buttigieg, it, he he went into that position to kill kill that department because i mean even under even under trump the nlrb wasn't as bad as this they weren't you know, uh, actively attacking laborers for trying to exercise their rights. They they might not have 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 done the full extent of their duties, but at least they weren't actively attacking laborers. But anyway, that's that's a that's a whole nother situation. Yeah, in in wrestling, the I understand one thousand percent why they made the choices they did. They were still not the right choices, in my opinion, to get the type of change that would be long-lasting to help create a robust relationship between the entertainers and their fans. You know, all that they've done is create a more polarized environment. You know what I mean? Uh, they've ostracized the fan base, and, and that's what bad leadership will do. You know what I mean? And that's bec- that's on WWE's part, because it's their job to, to, to step in 
and and make sure that this is a, a a healthy relationship for both of those parties because they're the ones making all the money. You know what I mean? It's not like you know they're doing it as a point of self sacrifice. It's WWE's responsibility because they're making all the money. You know what I mean? They're the ones who 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 are in control of this this edifice. So you know, I, I just wish that uh, the the spirit of the of the people involved was more towards an activist mindset that would get the uh, WWE to do the right thing because they're the only ones who really can do the right thing in this situation, you know? Because, you know, you can't expect the entertainers not to do what's in their own best interest, honestly. And you can't expect the fans not to be trash bags, you know? When you just throw such a wide net and you, 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 you're you such an open and, and embracing, you know, uh, uh, fan base, you, you're going to get trash bags in it, you know? So... Yeah, there's got to be a healthier way to deal with it. But I don't think that the best way to deal with it was to charge people $130 for a socially distanced picture. <laughs> yeah. but And it's also on them to say, it's also on the fans uh, to say, I'm not paying $130 for that. Yeah. Thank you and no thank you. Pretty much that's how I see it going. You know, you essentially tank a section of their your revenue stream. And if it hits them hard enough, they'll do something about it. But the fan, and, and that's the shitty part about ever relying on the fans for a, any kind of moral stance is because they won't. They won't. They'll pay the money and complain about it. You know what I mean? Like, you'll never get any change expecting the consumer end change. You know what I mean? Like, you might be able to get that in other places, but just not in America. The American consumer is so used to being abused that they'll never actually stand and say, you know what? I love you, WWE, but I'm not fucking with you until you change this. They, they don't have the, 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 the moral fortitude to, to stand on something and say, hey, you know, I'm not. This is not a perma ban, but you need to fix this. It's important for you to fix this because if you don't fix it, now I'm. I, I have an issue with my ethical consumption. Now you're hurting people. Now you're aiding and abetting the kind of behavior that is antithetical to 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 what I believe is right. And now we have a problem. And now I want to have to stand again. You know what I mean? Like to avoid that, it, it, it's incumbent on on you know everyone to play their role, to say the least. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. I hope that uh, uh, I know that Victor has a, a the opposite stance, so I hope that that elucidated some of the points of of the counter argument for him. But yeah, they, and it's not to say that 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 uh, the fans are right. I'm not saying that you know the 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 female star should be allowed to be groped or anything. That's not what I'm saying. Or take yo, them just look like prom pics, bro. <laughs> those shits look like prom picks away these niggas was like all right turn around let me let me hold you from the back like nigga what what are you doing and they have every right not to want that but the extreme i don't think was the was the right way to go um but yeah that shit was funny man yo you gotta see how chris brown be in these meet and greets now them yeah, girls get their money's worth dumb girls get their money's worth not just the girls he, he hooks up the dudes too word yeah, there was a whole thing on Instagram about it because um, he did something for this dude. I don't remember what it was, but he, he did something for this dude, and somebody was like, oh, you paid $100 for this, 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 this. And the, the a lot of the comments were like, and it, Chris Brown goes in for people on his meeting grades, and now, you it, know, it's about the value of your money and, and what you get out of it. Bruh, I'm not even mad at him. What, some dude wanted some hugs? Nigga, you paid $100 for this picture? Come here, get a hug, nigga. <laughs> like, I'm not even mad at him, bro. Like, some celebrities dude, do be like that. Some celebrities are very fan-focused, and some are not. Yeah, dude, like, honestly, 
when you're as secure in your sexuality as Chris Brown is, and people love you as much as they love Chris Brown, bro, do your meet and greets, bro. Like, have fun with it. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, and I'm sure that there is a huge amount of work that grows, that goes into cultivating that relationship between him, him and his fans. But that's good. You know what I mean? Like, that's good. Why people run from the, the work. Exactly. It's part of the job. You know, it's like, why run from the work of building that, that relationship properly, you know? And that's for and that's that's where it steps into each of the the WWE entertainers to step in and say, hey, if there's people who are coming here to pick pictures directly with you, they should know what you're about. You know what I mean? And they, you know, and, and you can cultivate a relationship with your fans such that they should know better than to come in there and feel like they should be touching you like that. You can do that. You can do that. Those people, you know, they choose to go to a particular person's meet and greet for a reason. You know. And so, as as an entertainer, part of your job is to cultivate that fan base properly. But you know? it can be hard depending on what type of gimmick you have in the WWE as a female superstar, right? True. It's like, if you have a very provocative uh, uh, gimmick, then I could see how that would send mixed messages to people who aren't well-adjusted enough to know that characters on television, you shouldn't interact with the actors. Yeah, they're actors. In, in real life, the same way you would interact with their characters. It can, it can be difficult with the lines with, you know people below a certain level it's true but yeah as, as you said not everyone's well adjusted <laughs> but yeah i thought that that was an interesting one um but yeah let's just hit up some of this international news before we get out of here oh man this one i thought was fucking hilarious so alex jones man big <laughs> man alex jones oh man's finally got got bro bro and 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 i i i have mixed feelings about the verdict not about the the decision on what he did obviously what he did was repugnant and wrong and was deserving of 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 some repercussions for sure somebody there there does have to be repercussions for knowing knowingly lying in public and then on top of that standing on the lies particularly to hurt someone's feelings he got in trouble because he attacked that woman he attacked that woman whose son was murdered for no reason and then stood on it and then used her as a pariah to 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 entertain his rabid fan base. And that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like that is absurd that he thought that that was okay. And I'm glad that the court has decided to to fine him. But 45 milli? <laughs> My man. Well, First of all, let me let me let me just give some perspective just so that nobody is is mistaken. He can afford 45 million dollars and it will not tank him. None the court will never ever levy a fine in a case like this that tanks the person. The court absolutely took into account how much money he had and only find him what they found to be commensurate with what he gained from the propaganda of of falsifying information about Sandy Hook which means that this man has several hundred million dollars in the bank so the 45 million dollars even if it is exorbitant is a drop in the bucket for him which should also go to tell you how lucrative the game of misleading the american people is yeah 
It is a fucking lucrative game. Now, mind you, he's been doing it for a long time. He didn't just make these millions overnight. He's been doing this for the better part of a decade. You know what I mean? But the grift is strong, my man. The grift is strong. And and needless to say, he absolutely deserved that. And it's not going to tank him. But $45 million? What scares me is that these kind of fines will be levied against people who can't pay them. That's what ends up happening. Whenever you see like a, a, a high-end, you know, rich white person, uh, whenever the system turns on them, because to make no mistake, the system's designed to aid and abet them. Whenever the system turns on them, it's because they're getting ready to use that shit on someone else. And they need precedent. They need legal precedent. And so they set the legal precedent with the easy case so that they can then exercise that precedent on the hard case. And I just and and whoever they're 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 gearing up to use that against because make no mistakes, Alex Jones is a clown. He's a court jester at best. You know, you you aren't fixing society. You aren't doing society some great big favor by getting him off of the streets. You're doing that something nice for that lady, and for the families of Sandy Hook victims and whoever else he's he he's uh, misrepresented on his show. But you're not saving society. No, 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 no. Society's way too far gone to think that cleaning up Alex Jones is going to somehow save society. No, sir. And I mean, so there's still an entire station that enabled him. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes. Info. He still owns Infowars. Like his his yo, my G. Yeah, dude. Like this is just a drop in the bucket, man. And so I'm I'm interested to see what the next case like this looks like because that's to me strike strikes me as the, what they were really going for. You know, that's that's who they, they, they were building up to. But yeah, Alex Jones got the big one, man. Forty five million. That is a big fine. No matter how much he can absorb that and it's dropping his bucket. Forty five million ain't no joke. That that, that is a hefty sum. But, you know, it, it's good for someone like, man, like how how rotten of an individual do you have to be inside to be able to do shit like that and just. Come out every day as if you're not actually doing that shit. Yeah, you and and, like, and, and then say, why do you act like he's not being a total douchebag oh, yeah. to these people for no reason? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, the memes of his face in court. Oh, priceless, priceless. Yeah, I've seen some pretty good ones too. But yeah, I man. saw one that was like uh, <laughs> my face when I'm merging onto the one Ted on Figueroa. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> looking backwards. Yeah, the one where he's looking back. Yeah. Fuck it, eh? That's the that's the classic one. That's the one. That's the meme format right there with him looking oh, back. Man. But yeah, dude. So, so some people do get their comeuppance. Uh, but yeah, moving on from that off into the uh to the uh foreign affairs. So evidently, monkeypox has made it to our shores. Bruh, listen, I'm not exactly sure how or what, because monkeypox is, 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 uh, was a disease that was pretty uh, treatable before. It wasn't a major disease. It wasn't life-threatening. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that people worried about. It was, it was short-lived. But now, all of a sudden, it's a fucking worldwide public health crisis? What the fuck? And now, and, and God, it's creating all kinds of weird uh, 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 homophobic situations because it, there is a very distinct issue 
um, based on the data coming out of New York and San Francisco, that because those are the two places that I think first declared it a public health crisis in the states, and the demographic breakdowns that they that they were releasing showed that it was ravaging the homosexual community, and so now you know the whole story around it is is that you can only get it if you're gay, and it's like oh god. <laughs> This is just... I don't think that's how science works, guys. Bro. Ugh. It's, it's crazy, man. And it's just more of the the, the fear-mongering, the misinformation. And and it, it seems like it's, it's being purposely uh, uh, disseminated that way. Because there's no reason for it to have to be like this. There really isn't. You know? And, and then the back and forth between, like, oh, you know, the fact that no public health official has come out and said yes the demographic information shows that it is it is very uh prevalent in the homosexual homosexual community but this is not an std monkeypox is not an std so if it's prominent in that community it's because of proximity not because of the uh the particular sexual behavior that they partake in so it has nothing to do, you know what I mean? So just because it's in the homosexual community does not mean this is a, a disease of homosexual behaviors. This is a disease that is passed through uh, casual bodily fluid contact, and you, that can happen to anyone who you live in close proximity with. You, see, you know what I mean? And so so I, I hope that the public health uh, 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 messaging can start to to adequately uh disseminate to people what's going on here so that the the, the fear mongering and the, the ignorance that goes on with with some of the rumors that 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 get put about on online can kind of go away because while those are always going to persist what they shouldn't always persist in is medical information you know what i mean like we we should at some point deal with how to properly disseminate medical information in this uh, in this world where we have unprecedented access to to communication technology, you know what I mean? Like it's just crazy that that we're still dealing with bullshit like this. You know what I mean? Like just rapid misinformation about something that is very, you know what I mean? It, it, it's very knowable. You know, this is not you know uh, something that that is so deeply and utterly unfathomable to humans. It's it's a disease that we've been well aware of for you know, a very long time. And so there's no reason for us to, to, to be drumming up rumors and misinformation as if this is, you know, a, a, a uh, situation where there's a lack of information. Nope. No lack of information, no rumors necessary, no gossip necessary. Let's just use some of the, 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 uh, the lessons that we learned from the pandemic that evidently is still going on. And, and, move forward understanding how to to reduce transmission of disease in public like i don't know it, three or, or two years after covid and it seems like like humans have learned absolutely nothing like we've made zero progress as a, as a society um and even more so as individuals because the people who were able to deal with covid they were they were able to do so before covid was here and so they're still able to deal with it you know, uh, uh, now, 
And the people who weren't able to deal with COVID did absolutely nothing to change their mindset or their, their lifestyles. And we're living here in the same world. And that's, that's a problem, you know. There has to be some form of, of progress when it comes to things like this. Because this is the easy part of life, by the way. You know what I mean? Dealing with this kind of stuff should be the easy part of life. You know, the hard part of life is figuring out why the fuck Nancy Pelosi needs to be in Taiwan and why China's pussy. You know what I mean? Like, that's the hard part of life. You know, that shit has a lot of moving parts. You know, man, speaking of which, man, did China go full abusive husband with that one, man? Yo, China said, yo, don't go see your old friend. They were like, nah, I think we're going to we're going to have a dinner date. China was like, word. All right. Wait till you get home tonight, bruh. Mad at America over here flying planes over Taiwan. Yeah, they were talking mad Bro. shit before she got there. Wild S- shit. Oh, you're provoking Nuclear us. Nuclear wild bro. shit. Bro. I was like, and what they do? Go fly a bunch of planes over Taiwan. Rude ass niggas. Go blow up the, the water down. around Taiwan. Like, bro, talk about throwing a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Man, dude. Like, you ever. <sighs> okay. Um, have you ever had an uncomfortable experience with someone where you're out? With a with a friends uh, who are couples and they're arguing, and you're just like, man, I wonder if he realizes how stupid he looks right now arguing with her like that. <laughs> like that's how China looks. Like I wonder if you know how stupid you. I wonder if Xi looks knows how stupid he looks arguing over Pelosi like nah, that. Nah, son, he's tough. What you mean, bro? He looks so mean? stupid. <laughs> like I mean, and, and and that's the part that 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 blows my mind is like, for a country who has watched America be the pinnacle of bravado for so long you'd think that they'd know better they've watched america do this for how fucking long and now they're gonna do this they look stupid bro i'm sorry because and and the reason why i feel feel so vehement about 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 how stupid the ccp looks right now is because they have real problems their their economy is collapsing People have stopped paying for the mortgages on the houses that aren't being built. Their whole housing crisis. Dude, you know that real estate is 33% of the Chinese economy? Bro, stop worrying about Pelosi, nigga. Go get your fucking house in order, nigga. Literally. Like, you have a mortgage crisis that is about to tank your entire economy, G. Stop worrying about Taiwan and Pelosi. You can't control fucking semiconductor production. You can't. Sorry just not a thing you know you can talk and bluster and do all that shit but you look stupid but my thing is 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 china fully in bed with the america model the same way that russia is fully in bed with the america model russia and ukraine have are are are, are the the epitome of the evolution of the american model of how to create permanent wars to fund your military industrial complex is that what China is doing with Taiwan? They're fomenting all of this just to, so that they have a pretense of why they are going to create a permanent military engagement in Taiwan so that they can have their version of what America and Russia has now? A permanent war place to, to fund their military industrial complex? A permanent place to throw all of your, your woes whenever you want to do something to, to, uh, to, to clamp down on your people domestically? Is that what we're doing? Is that what they're doing? Are they going with the Metal Gear Solid model of of how to control war to create perpetual uh, uh, peace? You know, because it feels like that's what they're doing. 
and it's scary because the Middle East, like every major uh, geographic region is starting to deploy some form of this model where you have a large dominating power in a large prolonged war of attrition with a smaller, extremely well-funded, well-armed nation. We've been, I mean, America's been doing it. Russia's doing it. China's about to be doing it. The Middle East, I mean, Saudi Arabia's been doing it uh, since the 70s. Like, are, are we in the Middle Gear solid, solid era of war? Because that's super scary to me. Because attempting to contain war feels like a fool's errand. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the idea that you can foment armed struggle in one area of the world and it not spill out into other areas, I don't know. It feels super dubious to me. But it does seem to be the marching orders that are going out right now. I don't know. Am I, am I way off base in that interpretation? I have no idea, man. International, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to international war. So even if it does seem like what it is, it could be, could intentionally look like that way for a reason. So it's possible, though. I mean, what other rational explanations are there? I mean, I mean, this is prognostication. It's obviously not. No one knows the answers to this. Other than, I'm not saying no one knows the answer. I'm saying I don't know the answer. Like, no, no, I, I don't think anyone than, knows. Um, any single person knows the answer to this because it's, it's profit. Said, it's I don't believe parts. there are any rational uh, motives for. Other than profit is in self defense. I don't, I don't believe there are really rational motives for war. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I mean. There's always a motive of self-defense in war because someone's being attacked. But yeah, there's it it seems like they are trying to really modernize the military industrial complex to to rep, to to resemble an industry. To resemble a a a stable form of 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 uh autonomous income. You know? But yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I'm just reading the writing on the walls. You know, everyone on the ground, you know, they have to deal with the actual, you know, the actual factuals of what's going on. And so, you know, all the prognosticating in the world doesn't help them, you know what I mean, on the floor, whether it's, you know, people dealing with oppression in China, whether it's active warfare in, in, in Yemen or Ukraine. Uh, but it it does have value to figure out what the fuck is going on in foreign policy because there is a political system that puts people into positions to do stuff, you know? And as feckless as that, that, that system might be to getting um, changed directly in our lives at times, it is important that we, or that the people who are capable of engaging with it do so and do so with some mind of what's going on, you know? And so that's, that's the whole point of prognosticating because in a, in a, in a situation where there is zero information or valid information for the average voter to decide whether they want to support a Senate candidate with certain foreign uh, policy predilections, they have to move forward with some information you know they have to do something and so my goal is to at least say don't think randomly and wildly at least try to utilize the information that's presented to you 
to come to your own rational decisions, even if the if even if the actors who you are 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 trying to critique or analyze aren't rational themselves, you can always conduct yourself in a rational way. You know what I mean? And hopefully, if individuals can take, you know what I mean, and it's a slow and arduous project process, and you know, I'm only doing it one listener at a time. But hopefully, if if each individual and if we have a web of people who are trying to help people think critically for themselves, then, you know, at least then they, you know, we can move forward without people who are thinking, you know, only about what you were saying, defense or, or profits or, or very base motives like that. You know what I mean? Because those base motives are very easily manipulated. It's very easily for me to get you to think that you're on the defensive. You know what I mean? I can figment attackers of all kinds. You know what I mean? And so, that's the only reason why I, I find value in 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 the uh, opinions or ideas, even though there's no way of knowing for sure how valid they are. You know what I mean? They could always be valid to you. You know, in in your critique of what's uh, of what's happening um, in front of you, and there are a lot of people who still do engage with the political scene in a way that can have effects uh, uh, for foreign policy and stuff like that. So that's the only reason why I, I, I run myself in circles thinking about what, what could be or what should be or what can be, you know? You know, it, it's in hopes that people will then take that and work towards a world that they want to live in rather than allowing the Mitch McConnells and the, the Rand Pauls and the Schumers and the Pelosi's to, you know, run around and go fucking, you know, cause consternation in Taiwan or whatever. But yeah, that's about it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, feel free to subscribe to us. You can find us on Patreon.com or on Anchor.fm. You could also find me on the social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T or at Home Heron. You could also find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Rico GVO. Always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.